0: You're listening to conversations from Washington Post Live's 2022 Global Women's Summit, featuring leaders and trailblazers from around the world.
1: I have a lot of questions here, but I'm going to ignore them. And I'm going to start with essentially what the f**k. Um, but let me introduce, that's, just keep that in mind, ladies. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, who you are. Ashley Parker covered Donald Trump's White House for four years. You look very well-rested now. And now analyzes <laughs> the bigger picture for the Post. Uh, Jackie Al- Alminy um, is the on investigative end and has recently been tracking many of the investigations, of which they You must keep you busy. And Leanne Caldwell covers the Hill and knows every player, every nook and cranny of the halls of Congress, apparently. Good for you. And also is anchor of Washington Post Live. Thank you for, for talking here. So let's get into it. I think what the fuck is a good first question. So uh, why don't we start with you? Uh, because... Um, Donald Trump has some things to say to us tonight. He has some feels, I'm sure. Um, Yes. Let's talk about that. What's going to happen tonight and what has just happened?
2: Um, So all the usual Trump caveats apply, right, which is that until it exits his mouth, we don't know what he's doing. But basically, he's announcing his 2024 presidential bid. Um, Mm -hmm. And the two kind of fascinating things I've been tracking are, on the one hand, It feels like one of these moments, and we've been here before, where there's a tipping point where Republicans are starting to try to move away from him. The donor class, um, you're seeing electeds publicly criticizing, which doesn't really happen. It happened after Access Hollywood. It happened after January 6th. It happened... um, after, when he launched his campaign. Charlottesville. uh, Charlottesville. they are all the greatest hits. Yeah, when he said McCain was not a real war hero. So it it feels like one of these moments, but every other time, Republicans have kind of lost their courage. And the other thing that's interesting is even if all these people are now (laughs) willing to criticize him and willing to move away... It's sort of unclear what that fundamentally means, because he announces he has sort of a concrete floor of 30 to 40% of the MAGA Mm -hmm. base who truly will support him if and when he shoots people on Fifth Avenue. He doesn't lose them no matter what. So the rest of the field, the best chance a Republican has to beat him is in a one-on-one matchup, Mm -hmm. right? And even, which A, is probably not going to happen because it's a collective action theory problem where Glenn Youngkin and Chris Christie and Mike Pence would have to say, you know what? It's not the best for the party. I'm going to sit it out. Um, But even if you got a Trump-Ron DeSantis head-to-head, that would mean that Ron DeSantis, whoever that other person is, really has to win the majority of the remaining Republicans, some of whom are open to moving away from Trump, but who still voted for him twice, say they would vote for him in a heartbeat if he's the nominee, and liked a lot of his policies and think he was a pretty good president.
1: So tonight he he will announce and try to sweep the...
2: Tonight it starts. It, it starts. starts. Yeah. It starts.
1: Okay, well, yay, good for that. We had just a moment there of peace, but have fun, I actually. guess not. Um, so, uh, Jackie, go ahead. What What do you think is happening right now? Obviously, you're covering the investigations. There's That's, that's a subplot of this situation, of this ongoing telenovela that is Donald Trump.
0: Absolutely. And We have been the past few days sort of working through, um, just amongst us reporters, all the iterations of what happens with these investigations if he does announce his candidacy, which, applying Ashley's caveats, we'll see it uh, until—we can't believe it until we see it. Um, And that's something that lawmakers on the Hill, Republican lawmakers, are are echoing as well. Um, Yesterday, we were chasing around. Uh, House Republicans, um, who would be really, I think, the last firewall in Donald Trump's sort of support system, uh, who have all along really been behind him 150 percent, who were for the first time really dodging questions about Trump Mm -hmm. and and um, and towing this line of, well, we'll see if he actually announces. Otherwise, we're not going to answer any questions about him and the detrimental impact he had on our midterm performance last week. Um, But uh, as he's moving to announce his candidacy, which a, a lot of people sort of speculate is happening so early to sort of inoculate him from some of these investigations and potential uh, charges and uh, maybe a looming indictment um, is the Department of Justice is moving full steam ahead along with uh, Fulton County, Fannie Willis, um, and uh, the investigations in New York, um, along with potential investigations that we don't even know about, uh, you know, but... In D.C., what we're focused on the most at the moment are these parallel investigations—the Mar-a-Lago boxes, right. the mishandling of classified information. Um, I am sure you're all quite aware. You know, the FBI uh, and the DOJ seized uh, tons of classified information from Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, we read about August. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then January 6, the par- a parallel investigation. Um, but so right does now, it inoculate him? No, right. Well, uh, no. But I do think that the, one of the iterations of, of a potential prosecution that, that some people were walking me through this weekend, um, which are completely hypothetical, is that uh, if the DOJ does ultimately decide to indict him on something. If he's a candidate, maybe they reach a pre-prosecution deal where they, they come to some sort of agreement that is you are no longer running for office and you will no longer handle classified materials yeah. uh, before they would go through with a prosecution. This is all completely yeah, hypothetical. Yeah, seems likely
1: for... Yeah, the, but like I, a I think system. that this
0: is the, the calculus potentially in
1: Trump's mind. Right, but in his mind it inoculates him. Well, now, uh, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about, uh, Leanne, what happened, though. It didn't, people didn't like the screamy election denying, right? If, yeah. That's one of the messages, and they didn't like the abortion decision, but it seemed like they were more rejecting, and I had interviewed a bunch of local reporters and some national ones, and most of it was, stop the screaming about election denial. We're t- you're crazy, you're crazy, I'm gonna vote for someone else, because you seem, cr- I don't like that Democrat, but you seem crazy. So talk about what happened, and does that message work?
3: Yeah. So I think that um, no one was prepared uh, this midterm election for voters to so f- so fully deny what or reject what was happening as far deny as the election. Oh, right. Yeah, deny the deniers. Um, I have been hearing from Democratic leadership, from party campaign officials uh, for months that democracy is not necessarily on the ballot. That is not what people are going to be voting for. Um, and I think that this election proved them wrong. I think that um, the abortion issue was absolutely a critical issue. Um, it really motivated women, it motivated young voters, um, but also exit polls are showing that, uh, that the democracy issue really mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone kind of made fun of President Biden in those past few weeks of, of doing two major speeches about the threats to democracy. Yeah. Um, and Republicans totally de- dismissed it. He was made fun of on Fox News, you know, even Democrats. It was controversial among the Democratic Party too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was talking to a Republican right after the election and they said, a senior Republican, and they said, the Biden White House, they have good people and they must have seen something that we didn't see.
1: Um, It wasn't on accident. Was was, Was it democracy or crazy? Because I heard crazy from relatives of mine who are. But
3: it's one and the same right now, right? Like, so uh, wanting democracy to work and to function is mm-hmm. a rejection of, of the election denialism. Right. So it's the same, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the mi- Secretary of State, three major sec- candidates running for Secretary of State mm-hmm. in Nevada and um, Arizona and uh, Michigan, Michigan, were totally, were rejected outright right, Um, was a huge, huge sign. The fact that voters were paying attention to secretary of state races, um, you know, was a sign of the direct that people are just kind of over it. And that's why when Jackie and I were on the Hill yesterday talking to these Republicans, that's why they are not yet ready to fully endorse Donald Trump, because they're like, look, it didn't work.
0: It didn't work. By the way, there have been Republicans who did see... The warning signs coming, and I, I just think of this because yeah, it, it didn't make our peace last week, and so I've got to get it out somewhere, but Peter Meyer, <laughs> um, the congressman from Michigan who lost to an election denier uh, and who then lost to, in the general election, to a Democrat and is uh, ostensibly bitter about it. Right. Um, but he was saying that he also s- saw potentially a through line from the Paul Pelosi attack mm-hmm. to... The results for Republicans and that it was just a reminder of the threats to democracy and the crazy all in one. Yeah. And, it was, and it also sort of pulled along memories of January 6th to that week right before the election, reminding right. Republican voters there's a lot more at stake here. There is the potential for political violence and Republicans who are election denying and feeding these conspiracy theories and the so-called crazies, uh, there, there are real life consequences. And, and
2: right. what it's worth on the real life consequences for democracy especially, it's sometimes not the most buzzy stuff of Republicans criticizing Trump finally over democracy, but it's those secretary of state races, um, those state legislative races um, that actually make the most meaningful difference in terms of actually preserving democracy because when you sort of talk to experts of how a country or society sort of becomes non-democratic authoritarian, you they say you you know, we sort of maybe all have this image of troops marching in the street in these mm-hmm. takeovers, but a lot of times it's sort of like boiling a frog. It's this quiet thing that happens from within, and it's it's a state legislature and a president who who changed the rules. So it's not so easy for a vice president, which frankly wasn't such a given, you know, to, to do what the Constitution requires of mm-hmm. them. Um, and most people liken it to if that was going to happen to the U.S., which has actually been sliding in global democratic rankings, it would ha- be much more akin to or in hungary who in many right, ways right. changed the judiciary and candidates
1: like kemp in georgia did yeah. well because people perceived he did the right thing, yeah the right exactly time. let me ask what then is donald trump's from your perspective sales pitch if he keeps yelling about election denial and i think the same thing worked out for carrie lake i can you know someone was like why did this happen i do see especially women going into that booth and go no not her no, just no thank you. Even if you're a Republican, I think um, subtracting wasn't good. You don't fit in our group. You don't, you know, McCain people go away. It was kind of the most, it, one of the more idiotic things I've seen in politics in a long time. But what, from your perspective, what's the new sale? What's the new thing he's going to hawk?
2: So the election
1: is not working. It's
2: right? not working. It's unc- he seems it seems to it's like it. It's unclear if you will drop it, but yeah. it is certainly not working. And the yes. responsible people on his team understand that and want him to drop it. Um, right. The new thing that we have reporting on, and this is a little less of a pitch, but is that he wants this campaign to much more closely resemble 2016, the sort of fly by the seat of your pants. I mean, Trump truly believes, and in some cases this was born out in 2016, that a campaign is him, a plane, and a huge rally with thousands of supporters. And he yeah. wants to return to that um, mm-hmm. a little bit. And, and I would also what Jackie was saying is when she was saying, you know, if, if there is an indictment or if there are these lawsuits, um, they're, they're problematic in many ways, but they also, in certain political ways, put him back where he is most comfortable, which is as a victim mm-hmm. and talking to his supporters, mm-hmm they're going after me because I defend you, they hate us, they're the elite, we're being prosecuted. This and it doesn't work in a general election that, because... Well, I want to give, I want to, that point. Uh, so if
3: people on Trump's team, which Ashley, you know, full well, you know, want to move away from the 2020 thing, but Trump is someone who appeals to the base. He's not a president, he's not someone who appeals to uh, independent voters. Um, and the election denialism still works for the base. Um, That's why these people won their primaries. That's why Peter Mayer didn't win. Um, And
1: it just doesn't work in a general election. So there's the... the It's essentially a political Fox News, essentially a political version as you play to what they want to do. But what is the motto? What would be the motto beyond I'm a victim? Because that ultimately becomes...
2: As did his again. I'm not. I'm not arguing that it's necessarily a a clear cut winning message in a general. But
1: (laughs) but what? So this will be victim. They're out to get me.
2: He likes to be a victim. He's fighting for you. Uh, Even Republicans who don't like the chaos and the controversy of Trump, they like the fighting. They like the burn it down Washington establishment. I mean, I did, at a different publication, I did a road trip across the country in 2014 just talking to hundreds of voters. And I sort of didn't have the language for it, which turned out to be Donald Trump. Um, (laughs) But in hearing what they said, there was this sense um, that was quite understandable that after the financial crisis, they were just sort of like, screw you all. like, we're here and we're playing by the rules and we're doing everything right. And we bought a house we were told we could afford and I took a job and I've been saving and now this system has imploded. I'm suffering and the people in Washington and the people in New York like, are getting rich. Right. And they wanted to burn it all down. And that, and Trump understood that on a sort of visceral level. And but people still, aren't in that mood. I mean, cause I, well, I,
1: from a legal point of view, it doesn't really work. It doesn't like the yelling and whining. And
0: yeah, but in the I think in the, the court of public opinion... He has found that muddying the waters in any way does work to his advantage. Actually, I was thinking, I feel like I went way too into the 3D chess scenario instead of the uh, like the primary thinking of, of the former president, which is um, politicize this as much as possible to make the— so the basics. Yeah. The basics. Um, but I think that your, your question to Ashley is actually getting at, at something else that has really crystallized for me these past two weeks, which is that— I don't know if there is that much of a pitch from the Republican Party right now. There's a there isn't that much of a pitch, generally speaking, from the Republican Party right now. Like, when you ask—when we've been asking House Republicans, you know, what—how are you going to govern? What are you going to get passed if you have this razor-thin majority in the House? There are people who have said to me privately, anonymously, you know, their job is to not do anything. The job is just to have the majority, to block the Biden agenda, to investigate and to do nothing. So Fauci, Fauci, Fauci. Yeah. All day long. And Hunter. Okay. And Hunter, right, yeah. So I, there is not a, I, I'm, I'm not sure that, the, that Trump needs to have a, a cogent thesis.
1: But to, on, on the ground,
0: um, Leanne, they have to have what they're going to do, right? I mean,
1: don't voters sort of like, what are you going to do? And and how do Democrats respond to that? Because they didn't think they were going to win at all. I mean, their belly aching before the election was rather severe.
3: And that was part of the problem on the ground is um, it's funny talking to voters. If you talk to Republican voters, they literally told me that they didn't like Biden because there's kitty litter boxes in schools. Um, You talk to Democratic voters and they cared about abortion. Um, They did not. They did not want Republicans anywhere near the office, so so as these moderate voters who we thought it was the economy, the Republican pitch was we 're going to do nothing we 're going to stop the government spending, and government spending causes inflation, and so that 's what we 're going to do is not spend money. Um, you know Democrats have pointed to all the things that they 've tried to do, which and also would say. Voters are smarter than that. They know that this is something that is bigger. It's a global thing. It's not something that you can just turn on a switch. Right. So, I mean, what happens in practicality now? Now we have a divided well, they government. Can't do
1: anything because this is closeness. This is a crisis. Yeah, we
3: have a com- divided government. Um, the agenda, not only for the next two months in the lame duck, is a little bit up in the air, other than some uh, spending bill and some Ukraine money, perhaps, um, but. No one knows what's going to happen over the next two years. We're waiting to see. I mean, it's likely going to be the House of Representatives are going to be controlled by Republicans. Um, Senate Democrats are meeting today for the first time after the election behind closed doors where they're going to discuss perhaps what their agenda is going to be. They probably won't get that far. They're probably just celebrating today. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know what the next two years is going to look like
1: other than a lot of gridlock. A lot of gridlock. Mm -hmm. Do each of you agree with this? I mean, it just... More noise, which I think will irritate these voters who have spoken rather clearly that we 're tired of the noise I mean to me that 's what got through the most was stop yelling, stop being crazy, stop fighting kind of thing
2: yeah, I think on the on the House side, I think this very narrow majority that it looks like Republicans may take actually hurts them because that emboldens the whole sort of portion of the caucus that America just rejected, and it will be tough for McCarthy or whoever the leader is to do much and will remind Mm -hmm. the nation sort of what they didn't like about this last election. The Senate is a little more intriguing to me, especially if Democrats pick up that seat in Georgia, because on the one hand, it's just one seat, but on the other hand, Biden has been bedeviled by two senators, right, Right. Mansion and Sinema, and they sort of got this joint nickname, but they're really different, a cinema vote is different from a mansion vote. And so having a one vote majority could really help him get stuff through. Get stuff through. You actually
3: reminded me of something about, you know, you said it so profoundly just now that the people who are going to be emboldened in the House are the people that were rejected by America, the people on the far right. Well, it's funny, you talk to House Republicans and they don't think that. They're like, we didn't win. Some of them are like, we didn't win because we didn't fight hard enough. Look at Florida. We won in Florida with DeSantis, who is a strong leader. But no one points out that Democrats have stopped spending money in Florida. They didn't even contest Florida, mm-hmm. um, and so it's it was an uneven playing field.
1: So where is the Joe Biden presidency right now? I mean, on, he seems to be winning, right? Even though there's there's all these you know the backlash with the Democrats before that, he's not effective. He shouldn't run. He's too old. He seems to be winning it, it feels like winning at least i don't know maybe i'm wrong how do you look at each of you look at that
2: they um I mean, actually, we, we did this big story a couple weeks ago, right before the midterms, kind of taking stock of the first 21 months of Biden's presidency, and when you really lay it out, um, there were a lot of missteps based on a number of things, including faulty assumptions, um, and sort of the shorthand was sort of planning for the best and hoping for the best. But the truth is legislatively, they actually got a ton done with a mm-hmm. tissue-thin um, majority, and that, that is a real success. I mean, I think the other thing, and this is more political, is you just sort of have this inertia where you have someone who's eight, about to turn 80 um, who is going to be more likely to run if Donald Trump runs. And it just sort of like, together, they're like locked in this octogenarian death match that <laughs> yeah. pushes the nation... To like a well, rematch of lively. 2020. Let's be clear, they're very lively 80-year-olds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that's a yeah, Very mayor. vigorous, but
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, any thoughts beyond the auction? No, I think I, well, I, just, no, that, that was so just
0: drop
2: right there. I yeah. don't
0: think the, the administration has a lot to now actually implement these next. Two years. I'm sorry? Uh, they have a lot to implement these next two yeah. years, in terms, especially in terms of their climate agenda, a lot of money to spend and actually get the ball rolling on proposals and, and things that ultimately passed. Um, but I do think that what happened was a result of voters simply hated Donald Trump more than they hated Joe Biden, and the voters that disliked Joe Biden still voted for Democrats. And if you look at the exit polls, the voters that disliked Donald Trump we less likely to vote for Republicans, and at the end of the game, at the end of the day, the margins are so thin and 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 uh, races are so tight that yes, Democrats did take some losses that they weren't necessarily expecting, um, but Republicans, uh, despite you know having history at their backs, mm-hmm. uh, weren't didn't perform as well. But there's there's not a clear person in either party that you can think of,
1: right? Pick one pick one if one of the auctionarians say fell and broke their hip
0: for example <laughs> sorry i'm t- being obnoxious but. Uh, but i think both parties are at inf- inflection points although yep. i think if you canvass democrats and republicans right now democrats would feel like they're much less in disarray than Republicans. Democrats are always in disarray. <laughs> do you understand that? Their
1: minds, their
2: resting uh, state. Our nation's newspapers. <laughs> um, but, but who? But, but give me one. I don't know. What if you do Ron DeSantis versus Gretchen Whitmer?
0: Mm-hmm. Each of you do one. <laughs> that, Go that's good. I. You can't I have went that one for, yeah, for to Pete 21. Buttigieg, and I feel like that was an inherent bias. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Versus DeSantis? Ver, no, versus Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmer. Oh. I was going to say... De, oh, in Udij the, the primers. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: All right, but do, do a matchup like she just did. You, I think you got the good one.
0: Okay. Um, Kamala Harris versus Mike Pence. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> like everyone just went, oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> we just have our poll. We just had our poll. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. I mean, so... Um, so... Our colleague in The Post wrote a story today about DeSantis is an inevitable one right now. But a lot of people have been inevitable, like Jeb Bush, they point, you know, he points out. And so it's so hard. We're two years out. But, of course, like DeSantis right now. And then, I mean, Gretchen Whitmore is such a good one. I mean, Gavin Newsom has lots of aspirations, um, like yes. a California versus Florida uh, showdown. Lot, they, he makes lots of comparisons. They both make lots of comparisons to each other's state when they Yes, speak. they do. I, I
2: like that everyone laughed at the Pence-Kamala because they're both, right, like the former VP. In many ways, they should be the most obvious, presumptive. Yeah,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to watch that show. <laughs> I'm not interested in that show. It's become a show. So we have only have one question left. Um, from your perspective... Was oh, wait,
0: hold on. What, who? He, what about... Elon Musk. Keep
1: away from Elon Musk. <laughs> Yeah, he's not. Uh, he's not. Does a, he
0: have political aspirations?
1: He wasn't born in America. Sadly, for the rest oh, of right. us, so we can't have him as president. Oh well. And you don't want him, um, so uh, he cannot run. Him and Schwarzenegger can't run. I think. Correct, if I'm correct. Um, last question. How do you look at the state of democracy? And if voters really cared, voters really surprised people and came through in a very calm way when everyone else in Washington, New York, everywhere else is screaming, like crazy screaming. What is, how do you look at what happened? Each of you, last question.
2: I mean, I think not specifically on this, but in the past, having covered Trump since 2015, I have realized how tenuous all of these institutions are and how much a lot of these institutions are are sort of like a polite agreement among society and these institutions that we treat the Supreme Court this way or that way. Um, and I don't know, it, it requi- I guess what I've realized is it requires voters and individual actors and lawmakers like showing up for democracy in a way I didn't realize. I thought democracy just kind of worked. And I guess we saw voters show up on Tuesday.
0: Um, I feel like I, I look back at last week as a sort of microcosm of this idea that at the end of the day, when there are wild swings both ways, voters pull America back to moderation.
3: Yeah, I think uh, it was on the verge of being, like going off a cliff, like being bad. And then I think that the cliff is still there, um, but it's, you know, it's still a cliff, not a crash at the bottom of the valley.
1: Yeah, nature is healing. Anyway, mm-hmm. thank you so much. These are amazing reporters. <laughs> We're excited to hear what you have to say and what's gonna happen. And. Tune in tonight, right? We'll all be writing tonight. Exciting. Oh, Washington Post Live. live. Don't live. watch it on Fox. We'll
3: <laughs> we, we get to write about McCarthy and his speaker Yeah. So oh, we another, didn't even it. Another that. winner. Okay, great. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find more conversations from our Global Women's Summit by searching Washington Post Live wherever you listen. Visit WashingtonPostLive.com to register for upcoming programs.